Hey Mama, you're with Deb and you're here listening to Mama's Mission. I'm really excited to have you here with us this week because we had the honour of talking to Nikki Hardy. Nikki is an author, a speaker, a podcaster, a coach, a mama, a wife, a church planter and all the things. She is a wealth of information and today I did a bit of sleuthing, well, Before the interview, I did a bit of sleuthing, thinking, what could we actually talk about? And she had so much on her website that I thought, we could talk about this, we could talk about this, everything that she had, I thought you guys would get so much from. But after a bit of prayer, I settled on hearing from God for our kids. In this episode, Nikki unpacks why we should be encouraging our kids to actually hear from God and actually how to do it. Because this is the thing, we don't just want to hear how great it is, we want to actually get some tools on how to do it. We also go into how to trust God through those sticky situations, how to actually encourage our kids to do the same. It was such an awesome interview and I know you're going to be blessed by the content. So just keep listening. Hey mama, welcome to Mama's Mission. Do you wish pointing your kids to Jesus could be simple? Are you overwhelmed with no schedule and good habits? So what you want to achieve, like discipling, doesn't happen. Do you have the best intentions to read that devotion with the kids? But after a bit, you lose your groove and feel that pointing your kids to Jesus is too hard. Hey, I'm Deb. I too was overwhelmed with the concept of discipling my littles. I was inconsistent in showing my kids Jesus, jumping from one idea to the next, and I wished for some structure to my day to make that happen. I wanted some routines and ideas on how to point my kids to Jesus, but I kept telling myself this is too hard and will take way too much time, until I found routines and habits. In this podcast, you'll discover what discipling your kids is and looks like, how to schedule time in to point your kids to Jesus, and what tools you can use to help you so that you can be the mama living out her greatest mission, to show her kids Jesus. So grab a coffee, or maybe two, kick back and get ready to launch into your mission. Before we kick off into the interview, I just want to share with you that we have a free Facebook community called Teaching Your Kids About Jesus. It is the place to be. Mama, if you are looking for a place where you can actually get some tips and tricks on how to teach your kids about Jesus and be encouraged in your mamahood journey, this is the spot. So if this sounds like something that would be right up your alley, all you have to do is click the link in the description or go to bit dot lee forward slash teaching your kids about jesus and it will take you straight to the facebook group i can't wait to have you there thank you so much for joining us nikki here at mama's mission such a privilege to have you here would you be able to tell the listeners a bit about yourself yes i would love to thank you for having me it's such a joy to be here um well as you can tell from the accent um i'm a brit but I'm living here in Charlotte, North Carolina. We came over here about 17 years ago, but I haven't picked up the accent. In fact, I can't even do an American accent. (laughs) Um, But we came over here to plant a church, believe it or not. There is a church on every corner pretty much in Charlotte and there's a pub on every corner in London. So quite why the Lord had us come over here. I'll have to ask him one day. 
but it was pretty clear this is where he wanted us. So we came over here um, 17 years ago to plant a church. So I've been a pastor's wife. Um, we got three kids. So I'm a mom. They're all um, the youngest is now um, halfway through college. So that kind of gives you an idea of how old they are. They're all kind of mid 20s. And um, I'm a writer, an author and a speaker and kind of, I just say, relentless encourager always optimistic <laughs> <laughs> I love that Jim relentless encourager I love that <laughs> yeah well we we actually discovered before we pressed record that um yeah you're living where my sister lives which is really special actually and you've got connections here in New Zealand which is also really cool um today for the episode I really want to unpack how we can help our kids hear from God because I think that's really important and how we can encourage them also to trust him. So it's quite a big, big topic, <laughs> but let's look at the um, focusing on how to hear from God. So why should we be focusing on helping our kids hear from God in the first place? I think that's a really good question because um, so often I think it's a part of teaching our kids about God and faith that we forget about it's very easy to kind yeah. of teach them about the bible because we can read bible stories and we can you know show them where the verses are in the bible and we can help them highlight and do all those fun things and you know we can teach them to pray and we can you know take them to church and to show them what worship's like and we kind of talk about hearing god's voice in those kind of slightly um adjacent ways you know like they might hear somebody say well I felt God called me to go to India or and it, so they hear about it but nobody I think or very rarely I should say um, outright says we can hear God's voice God wants to be in relationship with us you know they might know Jesus is my friend um, and you know that God is there for us but we don't come outright and say, you know, he is your shepherd. You are one of his sheep. You can hear his voice and we are in relationship with him. And a relationship is two way. We pray to him, but he will speak to us. And um, I think teaching them that and normalizing it is really important for their faith development, for their relationship with God, when they start worrying about things, um, when they're trying to figure out decisions about things. Um, so I, I do think, I mean, it's important for all our faith, mm. um, for every one of us. And so it's therefore important for our kids. And it's not too theological. It's not too difficult for them, you know, we teach them about the resurrection. We teach them about the Trinity. Those are much bigger mind-blowing ideas than, <laughs> you know, you can hear him. Yeah. You might not have skin on, but you can hear him. <laughs> yeah, you're so right, actually, that it's not something that we specifically teach about. It's, it is something that like kind of runs alongside the whole walk with the Lord. And it is something that we, I think it's super important that we have it ourselves because there are a lot of Christians who, you know, they don't believe that they can hear from the Lord and it's not as difficult as what we may make it seem to be. 
But mm. yeah, I think that's so true, actually. It is very easy to talk about the Bible and take them to church and all those things, ticking the boxes. But when it comes to hearing from the Lord, it is a little bit more complex. A little, And I can only go, I can only teach my children going off what I know and how I, and I mean, I think that's really important, but that leads us into how would you, um, from the horse's mouth, how would you actually <laughs> teach your kids how to hear from God? Yeah, well, I feel like I need to kind of have a little full disclaimer moment here. So um, my kids now, all in their 20s, um, are, let's just say, walking their own faith journey. And mm-hmm. on the one hand, it breaks my heart because they're figuring it out for themselves, which has an element of, yeah, mum, not interested. Yeah. Um, but also it's encouraging because unless we make our faith our own, it's it's borrowed faith and borrowed yeah. faith isn't genuine faith. And, you know, I didn't know the Lord till my mid to late 20s, nor did my husband. So if he can find me in a pub in London, he can <laughs> find them here. But um, but I think the way we tried to do it, I don't and I don't think there's one size fits all. And I wish I could say, do these five steps and your children will, you know, <laughs> hear from the Lord. Um, it doesn't quite work like that. But I do think, again, normalizing it, making it a part of our everyday language, helping them to um, to listen when they pray. Um, you know, ask them, what do you think God is saying? Um, or what are you feeling or what keeps standing out for you? All these kind of questions. And I think um, one of the ways that we did it was to talk a little bit about what I would call the mechanics of it, the science of it. Um, I'm a bit of a science nerd, so I love all the kind of left brain, right brain neuroscience. And hearing God's voice is a much more spiritual, creative, intangible um, activity that is much more right-brained than the left-brain kind of reading, theology, tangible, logical kind of thing. And our brain needs both those sides when we listen to God. So we need to actively ask him to speak to us, and that is a logical active thing and then we need to engage the more creative spiritual side of us which I think kids are great at it's us boring adults that have lost the ability to (laughs) kind of lose ourselves in play and to daydream and to journal and you know draw pictures of what God might be saying all these wonderfully creative things Um, and then teaching them that well God is never speaking so clearly that there's no room for doubt. So how can we test it out? And again, that goes back to the more logical side of the brain. So this kind of shift between um, our right and left sides of our brain, even if we're not talking about it like that, is great to teach them. And whether it's at home or if, especially at home, if you're not in a church that does this, but just waiting on the Lord and making that normal and not awkward. And, you know, whether it's in a time of worship or just waiting in silence or journaling your prayers, and then why not just write what you think God might be saying, even go so far as, dare I say it, write in his voice. Now, 
99.9% of it might be us. But what if that little nugget is from God? So I think all of those things are ways to help teach your kids about how practically to hear God's voice. It's that's really good. I really love it how you were so authentic with sharing your kids' journey because you're so right. I mean, we can do all that we can to get them to the final destination, but at the end of the day, they have to make that choice for themselves. And mm. it is, I can imagine it's a struggle, um, but you do. You want them to take ownership of their faith. So that's mm. awesome. And touching on hearing from God, I love it how you were saying we just need to wait because that's something that I really struggle with. <laughs> yeah. And half the time, you know, when God does speak to me, he's like, it's my turn. Can can you just like be quiet just for a wee bit? Because I just want to, I, I just want to share a couple of home truths with you. And maybe that's why I don't give them, the, give him the, or want to give him the time to speak to me because I know a lot of the times he's going to tell me some truths I may not want to hear, but that are best for me and my journey with him. Mm, so. That is so true. And <laughs> and I think we're, we're all expecting him to discipline us or tell us we need to work on something. Yeah. And he does. But what if he just wants to say, I love you. I am here for you. Yeah. Yeah, this is my strength. You know, just just rest it and breathe in my peace for a hot second. Like calm the heck down, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and it's like, it's okay. And all the time I'm like, oh, I've got to keep going. Got to keep, I haven't got time to listen to you, God, because, you yeah. know, I've got to sort it out. And I think with our kids, and you were saying so rightly that we can't teach our kids what we don't know. But I'm also aware, and I think this is one of the things I, we didn't do particularly well is um show our kids that we are waiting and listening I yeah think we did it we were uh we led a church that um made listening and waiting on god a an integral part of the service integral part of worship nights all those kind of things so they saw it there but it's very tempt tempting especially when the kids are young and you know just you never get a moment's peace to kind of shut the door and have your quiet time. Yeah. But when they see us having quiet time and see us waiting on God, um, I really think it's a very powerful thing. And this phrase that people say about how faith is caught more than taught, yeah, I think is so true. Um, there's a wonderful story of, I think it's John Wesley's wife. And he had, you know, founder of the um Methodist movement they had something like 10 kids or something like that and she would sit in their kitchen you know with the kind of the stove and um and she would sit on her stool by the stove and she would throw her apron over her head and like hide under it and her kids knew mum was talking to god and they couldn't disturb her and that was her quiet time you know sitting by the stove wow. with her apron over her head and I, I mean imagine the all the different messages and things that they were picking up from that mum is prioritizing time with God 
she is talking to him she is listening to him you know maybe even she's a whole lot calmer when she's sat with her apron <laughs> on her head than when you know all those kind of things so i do i do really think um it's it's important and it's important what we say yeah i would completely agree with you that's really cool actually i've heard his wife come up a couple of times so that might be quite good actually to look i wonder if she's got like a biography of some kind i'm sure she has mm. oh i'm sure she has i'm sure <laughs> she has so your ministry i did a bit of sleuthing on your website and your ministry is about encouraging women to grow their faith and build trust in god and i'm wanting to know a couple of things did you do mm. this with your kids so did you use them as guinea pigs, really? <laughs> let's be real, sometimes we do do this. And if so, how did you do that? How did you actually get them to grow their faith and build trust in God? Um, I think one of the best things we can do to help our kids build their faith is let them live life and make their decisions and always bring them back to God because it's actually living life that we come up against the things that test our faith, that will ultimately grow our faith when we come through them, if, you know, if we let them. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, they definitely, I think, I will go back a hot second. One of the key things that I'm praying really grew our kids' faith is when I went through cancer. So I had lost both my mom and my sister to cancer. We lost Jo, my sister, when she was just 43 mm. on New Year's Eve. And just six weeks later, I was diagnosed. So you can imagine our kids were uh, 14, 12, and 9 kind of age. And I remember our 12-year-old looking me in the eye. We're sitting around our kitchen table and um, telling them that, you know, the doctors had found a tumor and it's cancer and got to have treatment. And she just looked me in the eyes and she's got these big brown eyes. And she goes, mommy, are you going to die? I mean, she just outright said it. Yeah. And in, and in that moment... I knew I had a choice. I could either say, no, 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 darling, everything's going to be fine, you know, and plaster over the reality of where yeah. we were at. Or I could be truthful, which was going to, I knew would stand us in much better stead going forward. And we'd never been the kind of family who operated in half-truths and stuff. So I said one day, yes, but... I'm hoping not from this, but what I can tell you is that God is good no matter what happens and he's going to be with us every step of the way. And I kind of knew that in my bones. And it didn't mean that going forward, I didn't get angry with him. I didn't question him. My faith wasn't rocked, all those kind of things. But I think it's in moments like that where when we've built a kind of environment of openness and willingness to be vulnerable with each other that we can say these things that end up being way more powerful than you 
imagine you know I didn't say that mm. because oh I must build my daughter's face <laughs> no I just said you know it wasn't a kind of teachable moment yeah. it was more just like no this is what I know to be true um and so I'm I'm really praying that things like that grew our kids faith things like you know they did mission trips they you know helped out a church they you know they prayed um they didn't do a lot of things as well. Um, I'll confess to that. But those are the things that I really hope um, built their faith to an extent that they too knew that God is good and real um, and that they had experienced him in a way that even now as they're kind of figuring it out for themselves, hopefully somewhere there's a seed that says, you know that you know I'm real don't you? God is saying that because they know it somewhere deep inside, even if they're kind of got their fingers in their ears going, la, 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 I can't hear you, God, I'm having too much fun at college, you know. Um, so so that's what I'm hoping works. No, that's cool. And that takes you back to what you just said just before, you know, the concept of this whole thing being caught rather than taught, that that right there, like in those hard moments, this is where it really shows if your faith is authentic or not. And if you're going to mm. choose to trust God when you have a diagnosis like that, and especially with losing people in your family, that's really close to home. Mm. Um, that would be really difficult, but to what a message to send your kids that, you know, I'm telling you the truth. I don't want, I'm don't want to die from this. But, you know, I'm going to choose to trust God. And mm. that's so much easier said than done. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Um, so I think those, along with making space and time for them to encounter him, whether it's, you know, let's just put worship music on and all lie on the floor, close our eyes and just talk to him and then talk about, well, you know, what do you think he might be saying? Was it, you know, and talk about the different ways he speaks. You know, you can laugh at the fact he spoke through a donkey in the Bible and that, you know, he <laughs> might speak through pictures and words and, you know, that kind of idea that keeps coming back. That could be God, might not, might be indigestion, but who knows, you know, kind of thing. And I think making that a part of everyday life you really helps yeah I would agree with you I don't know what it's like well I have a little inclination of what it's like with what my sister speaks about but I and I can imagine planting a church that would not give you a whole lot of free time mm. is that something that you found easy to do with your kids as they were growing or was it just something that you were kind of like in the perfect world, I do want to do this, but everything else is, seems to be filling our day. Um, yeah, I don't think I was particularly good at doing things at home. And I, I was talking to someone earlier today saying it felt like because we had uprooted them and moved them to a new country and they had to go to church, I mean, I can't believe I'm even saying that as opposed to they got to go to church. Mm. Um, how exciting. Um, but it felt like 
we I didn't want to like ram it down their throats you know coming from London where being a Christian is a bit weird it's a little different here many more people um go to church but equally that whole slightly more um I want to say kind of spiritual side of just waiting on the Lord and that kind of thing isn't normal here and so um on the one hand we relied on church to do that you know bringing them to events and you know the kids stuff that we did that we knew was infused with that um on one hand it was great having that and on the other hand I think I relied on it too much and we didn't necessarily do what we could have done at home but you know I don't want to live in regret and no um, you you do what you can do you do and that's actually something that my sister I talked to her about and she was just saying you know her kids go to a Christian school her they're immersed in their church a lot of their friends are Christians and sometimes she just it's almost like she doesn't want to do anything at home for fear of um not not completely indoctrinating them but you know she just wants to have a bit of a breather and especially when you know she is part of um her the um you know some family members are super duper spiritual where it's almost like the scary spiritual mm. and she's kind of like just yeah wanting to ease back a little bit so i totally hear you on that um and also when you were saying with your kids you know you've uprooted them it wasn't like they were five they were at those oh was it when were they like they, really young or they were eight six and four. Oh, okay so they were a little bit young but um yeah it is still hard when you've got your friends and your whole life that you know and then you're going to a completely yeah. foreign country and you must have felt the call to go really strongly because it's not something that I think any family would take lightly <laughs> no and I mean that's a great lesson in decision making as a family and talking about we are asking God about this we you know will you pray along with us you know, there's an opportunity. People are saying they feel like we're called to go to America and talking to our kids about it. Um, and, you know, in terms of how do we hear God's voice? I remember I was praying and praying and praying like, Lord, show us. As a couple, we decided to pray about it separately and see what we felt the Lord was saying and then come together to see, you know, because if he's mm. going to tell Al, my husband, you know, yes, he's going to say the same to me. He's not going to cross wires um, and pit us against each other. So um, I was really praying and a friend of mine, my Kiwi friend, we were both in Oxford at the same time and um, she was praying as well. And then one morning I'd been praying for um, a revelation. I wanted somebody to stop me in the supermarket line and say, do you just Charlotte mean anything to you you know (laughs) really clear really clear um and so I've been praying for a revelation you know like in the old testament when you know and God said go down here turn left and you'll find this and then you'll you know turn right and a mile down the road I mean I was just like be really specific Lord this is like mind-blowingly important yeah and um 
And then one morning, my friend Stephanie and I were just walking the kids into their classrooms. And, you know, there's the chaos of all the kids and we're putting backpacks on their little pegs. And I just turned to her and I said, we're going to go. And she looked at me and she said, yeah, yeah, you are. And there was just this moment when I thought, that's not a revelation. That's a realization. And I just knew. And of course, then it was, you know, I had to talk to Al and he felt the same thing. And, you know, other people were saying we tested it out and we confirmed it. But so often we want a revelation and God to write it in the clouds. <laughs> but sometimes he gives us a realization and we we just know. And sometimes we don't just know. And so we need to walk it out until he makes it clear and clarity will come through action. Yeah, that's really important, actually. I was reading in Psalms and he was just saying, you know, do good, trust, uh, walk, walk it, trust me and I'll act. And mm. that's just exactly what you were saying. You know, sometimes we, we want the revelation. I yeah. think that realization is important that sticks almost more with you because you just know in your heart of hearts, yeah, this is going to happen. This is something that we need to do and nothing that anyone can say is going to take that from you. And part of that trusting thing is actually just walking it out, which is really hard to do. But And then I think maybe through that, he'll build that trust step by step. Yeah. Exactly. And the t there have been times, you know, church planting isn't easy. That's a British understatement. And so <laughs> there were times when we needed to know that we know that we know that we know. Oh, yeah. That we were called and we hadn't got it wrong. And we leaned on that certainty. And that, again, built our trust in him. You know, yep. it's like it's like you're creating this little kind of checklist of yep he's been faithful here he's been faithful here he's been faithful here and so when you start doubting him and you know not trusting him you've got this kind of trust bank to go back to and say it's all good yeah I totally agree I I have those um with my children because we were told we weren't going to have be able to have children and God obviously had other plans and we had them naturally no IVF or, in, or anything it took a long time, but he yeah. told me you will be you will be a mum. And sometimes when I am driving, even and I'm like, where are you? Like I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And he will he will direct my eyes to the rearview mirror, and he's like, you see them in the back? Seriously, <laughs> you're gonna doubt me? Like, yeah. really? Did you do you see those miracles right there that your doctor said were impossible? not going to happen even through IVF you had no shot this is I am a miracle maker and I will come through yeah. and that's what we need like to walk through these hard times sometimes but you know it's having that memory bank almost that we can kind of you know pull on through to to help us get through those tougher times so true so true well thank you so much Nikki I've really appreciated all your wisdom and what you had to share, would you be able to share with the listeners where they can find out more about you? 
Yes, I hang out on Instagram at Nikki.hardy and it's 1K, N-I-K-I. And my website is NikkiHardy.com. But if they go to um, NikkiHardy.com slash book bundle, I've got a three free books that they can grab. And one is How to Trust God When You Can't Stop Worrying. And so um, that'd be a nice little gift that I'd love to share with them all. So that's oh, NikkiHardy.com awesome. slash I'll give I'll give you the link and I'm sure you yeah and I'll put it in the description for everyone that'd be awesome 